Welcome to the podcast where we talk about sustainability and we touch on organizations and people that are doing the right thing. Today we are speaking with Anui Meta of the Asian Catalytic Green Finance Facility or ACGF, which is a Southeast Asia department of the Asian Development Bank, the ADB. And this all with regards to an article that I read on the World Economic Forum, WEF, and the title of that is How SDG Bonds Can Accelerate a Green Recovery. Now, these SDG bonds are bonds with social economic targets targeting specifically one or more of the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. So I had a great conversation with Anui based in the Philippines, and here he is. Uh, SDG bonds, obviously mm -hmm. uh, bonds with socioeconomic uh, targets, and we're talking about um, the ones uh, that, that you are aiming at, which is infrastructure. Um, I read on the um, mm. United Nations Environment Program as well, they need $90 trillion US uh, dollars over the next 15 yeah. years or so. And um, well, yeah. uh, obviously a small amount uh, is needed in, in Southeast Asia, but it's still considered yeah. uh, to be, well, let's say risky or difficult. And it might be for different reasons, might be uh, financial risks, uh, legal complications. Um, yeah. Could you tell me a little bit, what, what do you think about the perceptions that are there, um, cry risk, and do you think they are correct or incorrect? What do you, what do you reckon? Sure. I mean, you know, the market is uh, always to be taken seriously. Let me answer it that way. Okay. So, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if the flows of finance are not flowing, uh, then there must be something about the perception that's driving the market. So you can never dismiss a, you know, somebody's perception of risk and say it's not, it's not real. It must be somewhat real, the perception at least. Um, and that is borne out by the facts because um, I, as, I, as I've sort of you know, mentioned often, uh, you know, if you take the, the green bonds market as an indicator, uh, globally last year, some 700 billion was raised through green and sustainable bonds, uh, GSS bonds as they call them. Um, Southeast Asia specifically raised about 12 billion, which was a record year for them. But if you look at the 12 billion versus the global 700, or even if you just look at the 12 billion raised in green social bonds for Southeast Asia versus their requirement, which is 200 billion, uh, a nice number, 12 billion versus 200, 210 billion a year, it's, it's quite a way off. And, and you know, that is clearly borne out by the financing gaps that exist in maybe 50-60% in the amount of financing that's available from government and whatever commercial finance is available today and what's needed, it's 50 mm -hmm. or 60% financing gap. So clearly, you know, there is an issue of, of perception. Now, you know, is, is it because the underlying bond issuers are considered risky? or because there simply isn't, isn't enough of a supply of the right uh, numbers of bonds that investors can, can put their money into and the right structures. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a mixture of things, but there is obviously a, a, a risk perception factor in the market. Right, and you said yesterday that they were very successful in, in, in Thailand, met the Thailand sustainability bonds, uh, 1 billion US dollars at, at issuance. Does that make a difference in people's perception, you think? or? Absolutely. You know, the Thailand uh, sustainability bond, uh, which was very quickly followed by the social bond by the National Housing Authority. There were two that ADB assisted with technical assistance led by, of course, the government of Thailand. Um, 
you know, it raised the, the first one, the PDMO sustainability bond raised about, I think about 900, which is about a billion dollars almost. Hmm. Uh, it was three times oversubscribed. Uh, and why was it, why is it so important? Because it was the first sustainability bond by a government after COVID, uh, the pandemic hit. Um, it was, you know, it demonstrated their interest. The government actually had verification uh, as well as certification of that by global entities, which we were helping with. Um, a framework was developed, a sustainability bond framework, which you know ensured the the, the use of proceeds. So in, in that sense, it's created a model uh, that a government can go and raise funds, that there are funds available in the market if the bond is well structured and there are good underlying projects. Hmm. Uh, and I'd like to think, of course, that our ADB's technical assistance added credibility to that process. Um, now, that's interesting because straight after that bond issues, we've had requests from at least three other agencies in, in Indonesia and Thailand um, you know, to support them uh, in, in their bond issuances. And I know that there is interest also in the Philippines uh, with, with support from ADB's TA on that. So clearly, clearly there is, uh, you know, there is a model which has been set, uh, which countries are looking at for green social sustainability bonds to raise the money that they need. Hmm, fair enough, fair enough. You mentioned uh, obviously the pandemic uh, there as well. Yeah. Um, now, sure. we, we, we know that uh, during the pandemic, everything has slowed down hmm. almost uh, to, to a crawl, um, uh, I would say. Uh, so that, that is uh, not, not very good. But what you have um, done and what is uh, mentioned in the article uh, is the proposed um, SDG accelerator bond, SAB, which is basically a debt instrument, from what I understand. It's guaranteed uh, and it can be paid back at different uh, different points as well, um, different exit strategies as well. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about it, how it works, who is guaranteeing it, oh. and what are the exit strategies? Sure, sure. Um, you know, as, as I was also sort of mentioning earlier, um, you know, um, you know, something, uh, you know, there's nothing totally new in the finance world. Something has always been done somewhere before. We've now started talking about green securitization, which is, you know, amazing to see after so many years coming back. So what we've tried to do is create in this sustainable um, SDG accelerator bond or SAB concept is we've tried to create a template structure for government agencies, uh, such as a state-owned enterprise or a local government agency to follow uh, with the with with the assurance that if you create a structure like this, it is likely to be able to get you the funds that you need at a competitive price. That that's the intent. Because you know what what we could do is work on a project by project or a bond by bond basis, and that's fine too. But here we're saying here is a template. If a lot of governments wanted to do it without having the track record or the capacity, then at least it gives them a starting point. And so what do we try to do in the, in the structure of this bond? We've tried to combine different elements. So you know, on, on one side, we've said that if you create a bond with a clear use of funds being a specific SDG climate, uh, which is a nice cross-cutting theme for SDGs, then you know, immediately the interest in financing that or raising money for that will be higher. Mm -hmm. So number one, you know, we've tried to say that there'll be different frameworks and indicators that you should use as an SOE or as a local government, which is clearly focused on SDG targets. That's number one. So we've tried to focus on that. Mm -hmm. Number two is the financial mechanics. So we've said a little bit of give assurance to the investor community and get something in return. That's the underlying principle of the, of the bond uh, structure. 
Now, what is the assurance to the international community? So, you know, especially if, if, if investors are coming from pension funds and insurance companies, et cetera, offshore, mm -hmm. a lot of perception of risk, something that we spoke about at the beginning, tends to be around why are there so many delays in implementing infrastructure projects? That's where the perception of risk comes from. And it normally comes from two things, which is land acquisition and environment clearances. And that takes time for the governments to, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, to sort of give that. So what we've said is that your risk in a particular you know, bond, which is financing some projects underneath, is in the initial years of, of new projects where you're still acquiring land or still starting construction. Your drilling bits may get stuck underneath for a metro, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So the assurance to an investor is, for the initial years, an exit is guaranteed. Now, how do you guarantee that exit? The idea is that an investor gets a guarantee exit in the first five or six years from an assured credible source behind the bond. But an incentive is also built in for them to remain. So what we're saying is, if you see any issues with the use of the funds or the delay in underlying projects, you can exit the bond with a certain return in the initial five or seven years. But if you stay longer, as the underlying projects start improving, delivering revenues, et cetera, your returns should be at the commercial level or beat the commercial market. So the interest is in trying to keep investors staying in, but assuring them that if they need to leave in the early years, if they see issues, they can. So that's the assurance part. Now, what is the incentive for an issuer, a local government agency or a, you know, a state-owned enterprise to do it? There, we are trying to say that when you structure the bond, try to defer you know, the payments out to the bond investors in the first years, the normal payments, not the exit guarantees, but the normal payments. And that is simply a matching issue because for a metro or a water supply project, the lines of revenues will go up like an S-curve. It will be low in the beginning when people are getting used to services or as the services are being expanded. And the revenues will gradually increase to a level where they can easily match the debt out payments. So all we're trying to do is basically say, use the idea of a zero coupon or a deferred coupon bond. Mm -hmm. All that it says is instead of having annual payments to investors, we lump them up and you pay them a little bit later. So you're trying to reduce the cash outflow and cash flow management for the underlying projects. And that's basically the incentive for issuers to try and do such a structure. So those are the two parts, uh, Peter, of, of structuring this. And you know, your, your, the third part which you mm -hmm. raised was yep. who guarantees this. Exactly. So yeah. what we've said is a, a, a credible guarantee source should exist behind this. Because remember, it may be a you know, local government or an SOE which is doing the first ever bond. So what we're saying is create a, a national guarantee fund behind the, uh, the, this sort of the guarantee. The national guarantee fund would have funds coming from the national government or a development agency like the ADB uh, parked over there. And why that's important is because it's, it's national, it's got development finance in it. So the credibility of that will be, will be top class. Uh, for an investor, and it will also create the right legal contracts which an international investor would require. So that is very important. But why is it a national guarantee fund, not the entire government? Because you're also trying to limit the liability of the national governments uh, to a guarantee fund rather than being open-ended. And that's important, I think, you know, perception-wise, because you're also trying to help the governments 
not have this you know, increase in debt to GDP ratios, which have happened a lot because of the COVID pandemic. So you're trying to manage the fiscal liability and, and, that, you know, and have a very focused effort on, on basically incentivizing bonds uh, with such a structure. So those are the three elements, Peter, of, of the SAB. Brilliant. And you think it will make a massive difference over the next coming years? Um, I, I think so, Peter, because, you know, I, I see that there's a lot of interest now. As I was talking to um, a very senior government official about a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, they were saying, look, why are more city governments not raising bonds? Why are they not raising money on their own? Uh, it improves, you know, gives cash as well as financial rigor, etc. So I think the interest is there. The projects are there. But the mechanism or the tool is not very clearly available to, to, to a lot of these agencies. Their first instinct is, let's go back to government or let's go to a development agency. Now, if there is a tool, and this has happened in the PPP world before when the viability gap fund mechanism was created, if a tool is created and well marketed to a lot of entities, they would naturally focus on it as a way of raising money. I'm sure there'd be a lot of questions, there'd be a lot of structuring, but I think that there'd be a lot of interest. And when this is coupled with grant or technical assistance, which is available to structure such a bond for such agencies, which we are willing to give, then I think that there will be an uptick in, um, in, in such bond issuances uh, over the next couple of years. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And you mentioned as well in, your, um, in the article and in the PDF, uh, city example, um, I, I saw the sea city example uh, there, where the city itself contributes a certain amount of money. And uh, then there's a loan, obviously, from the development bank, such as uh, ADB, and the remaining yep. will be raised through, uh, through the SAB, yeah, the Sustainable Development Gold That's Accelerator right. uh, uh, bonds. Um, so they still need to raise quite a lot themselves as well. Hey. So, yeah, so I mean, you know, that... Yeah, Peter, so that will depend, I think, on a project by project basis okay. in terms of how much the, the local government itself can put in and how much can be raised. You know, the ideal yardstick for any good project finance deal tends to be 30, 70. 30 is your own kind of cash. 70 is what you raise as debt from the market. But it really depends on a project by project basis. The point of having the local government put in some money of their own is, is essentially skin in the game to ensure that there is some funding available from whoever the sponsor is. Uh, but how much of it, it can be structured. I've seen projects where uh, financing has been 10, 90, 10 from the sponsor and 90 from uh, different sources. Now, as long as you've got guarantee mechanisms or structures behind it, that is possible. Um, so I would say that the structure will depend on a case-by-case -case basis um, and on the guarantee levels that are, that are created, yeah. Okay, I've got one more question, if you don't mind. Um, I, 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 sure. read some, <laughs> I read somewhere that um, if for investors uh, in, 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 in markets which are perceptively risky, they expect like a 30% return. Um, uh, is that going to be the same with the SABs or is that it depends uh, on, on, from, from uh, project to project? Yeah, and, and I'll give you the contra you know, answer to this, that a lot of governments expect, or local governments, that if they're going to do a green bond, they should get a massive discount on the market. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you've got a big issue in terms of who's going to bridge this perception. So, you know, I, I don't think, um, you know, especially when we're talking about green bonds, um, that, um, you know, a return which is way over a local market condition is, is ever going to work. It's, it's got to be at par with 
with what is the commercial returns in the market for you know project finance i would say um, so abnormal returns i don't think you'll find a lot of interest uh, and in a sense the whole point of creating an sab structure which reduces the perceived risk and therefore should be basically assuring the investor that his returns are more assured should lead to actually a lower expectation of return. It should be more or less commercial, or if nothing else, it should actually give some sort of a, a green premium to the issuer. So I, I certainly don't expect you know, a very high abnormal return in a, you know, it, based on a perception of risk to apply to a guaranteed bond structure uh, for, for, for a, you know, which is also backed by a government or by a development bank such as ours. Okay, that was a podcast with Anui Meta. Uh, fantastic conversation. Their website is adb.org. And then you look for the SDG Accelerator Bonds or SAB, or you look for um, the department, which is ACGF or Asian Catalytic Green Finance Facility. Or alternatively, you can also look for Innovative Green Finance. I'll put all the links in the show notes, but also on our website where you can find the latest news, all the information, which is all on sustainable.news. Now you have been listening to Peter, Peter de Vries. I really appreciate you doing so. And please do not forget to tune in next time. Thank you. Thank you.